Hey guys, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Profits. Me and Rob just got done with a few hours of research, and now we're here bringing to you Week 5 starts sit. Every player, every game, as we always say, everything that you guys need to know. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below. If we don't talk about a player, you can safely assume that you probably shouldn't start him this week, and as far as injury updates goes, we will do a Friday video with updated news on that. So if we don't talk much about a player for that reason, that is why. So make sure to check out that Friday video with updates. Uh, once that video is out, there will be a link to it in the description. But let's save some time. Let's get into it, Rob. You have the Thursday game, don't you? I do. Let's get to it. Start with the Seahawks and the Rams. Start with the Seahawks players here. We'll start with Russell Wilson. So last Sunday, he was really hurt by the Cardinals' uh, inability to really press that game and score points there. So I think it brought his fantasy numbers a little bit lower there. But he still had a solid week. Russell Wilson this year has been, well, Russell Wilson. Great as always. Unier's got eight touchdown passes to zero interceptions. He's got a quarterback rating of 118, and that's not a fluke for him. He's got the second-best quarterback rating all-time among all quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is really, really good, and I think oftentimes overlooked. Currently, he's third in fantasy quarterback scoring behind Jackson and Mahomes. Now, this week, he plays the Rams, and the Rams are allowing the eighth-fewest points to quarterbacks. Uh, but apparently, Winston didn't get that notice last, last week, did he? Because no. he went off on those guys, just destroyed them for 384 yards and four touchdown passes. Now, the Rams, I think, are going to tighten up a bit. Obviously, they're not going to allow 500 passing yards to Wilson. They're going to do better. But even if they tighten up, Wilson is too good to sit. I doubt you have better options out there, right? Like, I doubt you have Russell Wilson and, what, Pat Mahomes. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So you need to start this guy. Maybe lower your expectation a little bit. I do think the Rams' defense will recover and do better than they did last week versus Winston. Now, last year, the Rams versus Wilson. Um, Wilson, when he faced him last season in two games, he... His yardage were lower. It was under 200 yards passing, but yet he did have three passing touchdowns in both games. So he had six passing touchdowns versus them. So I think you can expect something like that. The thing that I like about this matchup is that the Rams score points, and that's going to force Wilson to keep pace. So I would start him. Start Russell Wilson in this game. Let's look at Chris Carson. Um, good news. So after three consecutive weeks of fumbling, there's some controversy on that. We said he fumbled three weeks in a row. Somebody else said he didn't. We did research. Sure enough, the NFL has given him three fumbles in three weeks. That's what he has in his stat line there. Um, last week, he didn't fumble. So that's good news. And that was after Coach Carroll said they're going to stick with him as their go-to back, that they trust him, and that he didn't have fumbling issues in college. And so that's all good. Um, without Penny in the lineup there, he responded with a really good day, 145 total yards and a season's best 4.7 yards per carry. Now it faces the Rams, allowing the ninth most points to running backs. Rashad Penny should be back this week, and he was effective before missing some time due to injuries. Carson is still the team's lead back, though, at this point. But the talented Penny is going to road some of his touches. Obviously, he's going to get in there, get a few carries, a few targets. But you need to still start Carson as a running back, too. Now, he's not as solid play as he was when Penny was out. But he's too solid to sit at this point. You're going to have to play Chris Carson, as I would say, is kind of a, a, a medium or mid-range running back, too, there. Now, both Penny and Carson could see double-digit carries in this game. And Seattle loves to run the ball. I think they're handing the ball a lot to them to take some of that pressure off there from Donald and some of those other guys. I would recommend sitting Penny in this one. Um, he's been out for two weeks. It's hard to know exactly what his usage is going to be, how many touches, is it fully healed up, things like that. Now, if you have to start him in a large league, I would say Penny has running back three appeal. Tyler Lockett. Uh, so he's going to have a date with Aqib Tlaib in this one. Now, in years past, Aqib Tlaib was a tough corner to match up against, right? But Evans and Godwin had no problem with him last week. They tore him up. In fact, if you look at it, actually a lot of wide receivers have had a, a decent time against him this year. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but he's not... Seeming to shutting down some wide receivers like he has in the past there. Now the Rams allow the 13th fewest points to wide receivers, but Locke is Wilson's go-to guy, and you need to consider starting him. If you look at Lockett, you know, Lockett's metrics. You went back, we talked about that in the preseason. Tyler Lockett had some great metrics there, some great stats, some things that kind of pointed that uh, he's becoming a great wide receiver, and we're still going to see positive trends in that direction. I think he's going to develop into a very, very good wide receiver one out there. Now, after seeing 26 targets in two weeks last week, Lockett only had four targets, and that was game script. They just need, need to throw the ball. They ran away with that one. Uh, you need to start him as a wide receiver, too. And then you got Metcalf. His worst game as a pro, um, and that was another one based on game script. Didn't need to throw the ball a lot. Didn't see a lot of action. Now he's still learning. He's a rookie wide receiver, and his catch percentage could be a little bit better. I like to see that go up. Um, this could be a high-scoring affair, so I expect him to get maybe seven to eight targets in this one. But his inexperience means that he's going to be inconsistent at times, so I see him as a wide receiver four in this matchup. And then there's Will Disley. Uh, Rams are tougher against tight ends, but he's a must-start. With so few tight ends out there that you can trust that are good, you got to pick this guy up. He's got four touchdowns in the last three games. and eight career games, he's got six touchdowns. This guy is finding Renzo all the time. 
His targets and catches are going up. They've traded away the, the Pittsburgh out of Vanette. I think that's how you say his name. Nick Vanette, I yeah, believe. Nick Vanette. They traded him away to Pittsburgh. So he's clearly the go-to tight end on that team. He's a must-start. Jason Myers is an adequate start in this game. And Seahawks' defense, uh, Rams allow the 10th most points to defenses. So I would say Seattle's defense is a moderate play. Not great, but you could start them in this one. Jared Goff, let's talk about him real briefly there. Uh, so after falling behind, he had to play catch-up, throwing for over 500 yards. Now he does have six picks on the year um, in four games. That's concerning. Now, Dalton did light up Seattle week one, but since then, that Seattle defense has made improvements. And then you got defensive line, you got Clowney in there, and Ezekiel, I always say this one wrong, so I'm going to kick that your Ezekiel way. Ezekiel Ansa, I believe is how you say it. No matter it. how many times you tell me, I always forget how to say his last name. But if I don't say it right, somebody's going to get out there and make a comment. So, uh, But they're getting better. They're bringing pressure. Now, last season versus Seattle, Goff threw for 300 yards twice, and he had three touchdown passes and two interceptions. Those aren't great numbers, but this week, I'd say he's what I would call... A safe end play. Not a great play, but safe. Uh, he's outside the top 10, though. That's kind of where he lands this week. Then there's Todd Gurley. So uh, yards tolls are down for the year. And last game, yards tolls weren't there. But he had two rushing touchdowns. And that's why we said, and we've been saying in the videos, that's why he carries value. He's in a prolific offense. He's going to get a lot of red zone carries. So he gets two rushing touchdowns. That saves his day. And so that's going to continue to happen because he's going to get a lot of red zone carries. Now, Coach McVay had come out and said they want to double his carries, and that didn't happen. That was, once again, going back to game script. They fell behind and had to throw the ball. But you need to start Todd Gurley as a running back, too. And then there's Cooper Cup. Uh, we said it over and over in the preseason. Best slot receiver in football. He was their best wide receiver. Fully recovered from ACL surgery. And we got some pushback, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Well, you know what? The guy is killing it, okay? Three consecutive weeks over 100 yards receiving. In those same three weeks, he had 25 catches, three touchdowns. Goff loves to look at this guy. In PPR scoring, he's a wide receiver one start. In standards, I would start as a high-end wide receiver two. You got Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks always has a safe floor but lower ceiling. Uh, lower than some wide receivers due to the fact that there's a plethora of wide receivers and so much talent there. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. So uh, you're going to start Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver too. Um, his value is higher in standards than it is in PPR leagues. And you got Robert Woods last week. He was huge. 13 catches, 164 yards in a game that scored, you know, there's 95 points scored in that game and got through for over 500 yards. So don't expect that sort of volume for Robert Woods week to week. Uh, before that, he'd averaged 4.3 catches and 48 yards per game. Um, Cooper Cup is their best wide receiver. Brandon Cook stretches the field. Now, some will point, well, look at last year, he had a great year, Woods did. But a lot of it due to the fact that Cup was out. And, you know, you take that back, he probably wouldn't have had 1,000 yards last year. Maybe, maybe not, but that was the first year he ever had over 1,000 yards. So, in my estimation, he's their third best wide receiver. And you can expect a game of closer to maybe five catches of 70 yards in this one. Start as a wide receiver three. I would set all Rams tight ends. Start Greg Zerline. Now, the Rams defense has been fine, but not great. Uh, Wilson has been sacked 12 times in four games. It's not a bad play, but it's not a great matchup. If you if you have better streaming options out there, you may want to look that way for this one. So let's move on to yours. Yeah. All right, guys. So now we get to talk about the Cardinals versus the Bengals. And let's start off with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. I think he's a pretty good but risky low-end quarterback play, probably a QB 10 to 14 this week. And here's what we're looking at. Uh, he's Again, he's been very uh, high and low. He's kind of a risky play, but he does play the Bengals to give up the 14th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. That right there bodes really well for him, and the production has been there this season. He's averaging 20 fantasy points per game despite being in some tough matchups. In fact, he's played the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Everyone knows Baltimore's defense is good. We're going to talk about Carolina's defense later on. They've been impressive. And, of course, Seattle, not the best defense in the NFL, but they are well coached. And so I think that Kyler Murray is a pretty good play this week. Not a great play, but could certainly be streamed. Um, uh, what is a great play is David Johnson. I think you have to play this guy. Not only is he David Johnson, I don't think you have a better back than him. Or odds are you don't have two better backs than him. But he plays the Bengals to give up the most fantasy points to running backs. That is a match made in heaven, as they say. But let's move on now to the wide receivers and Larry Fitzgerald. I think this guy is a high wide receiver three play this week. Now, I think this is a good matchup against the Cardinals. Uh, Patrick Peterson has two more games until his suspension is over, and I think he's going to get a lot of targets this week because Christian Kirk is banged up. Christian Kirk has suffered an ankle injury, a little bit of a banged up ankle in last week's game, and is questionable for this week. I'm expecting that Christian Kirk is going to play. Um, we'll update you on the Friday video, so I'm not going to say anything more on that, but even if Christian Kirk does play, he's not going to be at 100%. At least that's what it seems like right now, so this could be a very good week for Fitzgerald to go out there get a lot of targets could be a very solid play as far as the cardinals tight end charles clay goes i would sit him he's been very unproductive um their kicker zane gonzalez i'd sit him as well uh, i think there are a lot of better kicker options out there and the cardinals defense hasn't been a good fantasy defense i think you should also sit them 
So that's my roundup there for the Cardinals. Let's move on now to the Bengals, and we'll start off with, of course, Andy Dalton, the quarterback. He's had a pretty good season this year. Three out of his four games so far, he's had good fantasy numbers. He's been a fairly decent fantasy quarterback. He hasn't been elite, but the numbers have been there, and he's in a good matchup. In fact, he's in a great matchup against the Cardinals to give up the most fantasy points to QBs. So I think that he is a fair quarterback play. We're about to talk about some reasons why I don't think he's a great quarterback play, and really that comes down to John Ross had a shoulder injury, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And so that certainly hurts his value, but it's still a good matchup. And if you're looking for a streaming play, I think Andy Dalton is fair, but not great. He does still have Tyler Boyd, and I think that's good. Again, I mentioned Patrick Peterson will be out for another two weeks, and I like Boyd this week. I think he's a guy you got to start with John Ross out. His targets are going to go up. He becomes a high wide receiver two, possibly, or excuse me, a high wide receiver three and possibly a low wide receiver two. Sorry, hopefully I said that a little bit better that time. But then we come to Joe Mixon. I think this is going to be a solid running affair, and I think you got to play Joe Mixon. Um, the Cardinals give the 13th fewest fantasy points to running backs. I think that is not because they have a great run defense, but because I think you look at, like, say, week one against the Lions, they put up a lot of points. It was a big passing game, so I think those numbers are a bit skewed. Um, what I like about him is that, you know, he started the year slow this year, but he did that last year and he really picked it up, Joe Mixon did, and he already picked, starting to pick it up this year. In fact, the last two weeks, his yards per carry have been increased. He keeps himself out there on the field. He's the solid, hands-down, number one running back in that offense, and he had four catches on five targets last week, so he really keeps himself involved no matter what happens. I like this guy. It's sort of a breakout week for him. I think he's been a bit of a disappointment for you, but I wouldn't be surprised if this week he really became a solid fantasy option and returned to the Joe Mixon of last season that we were starting to get used to. As far as their tight end, CJ Uzoma, I would sit him. The production has not been there. And kicker Randy Bullock, I'd start this guy. He's been a fair kicker this year, far from great, but the Cardinals give up the fourth most fantasy points to kickers. And the Bengals defense, I'm going to sit them. And now I'm just going to pass it back to Rob for your next game. Let's talk about the Bills versus the Titans. Let's start with the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, he's in concussion protocol, so we're going to have to watch that. If he sits, that means Matt Barkley is going to be playing against a very good Titan defense, allows the 11th fewest points of quarterbacks. So you're going to sit Barkley. In fact, uh, if we're being honest, Allen versus a very good Patriots defense last week struggled quite a bit there, and so I think you should really uh, sit both of these quarterbacks. doesn't matter if it's Allen or Barkley, whoever it is, I would sit them in this matchup. Go to running backs. Let's start with Frank Gore versus the Titans. The Titans allow the 14th fewest points to running backs. The backs that have been successful against the Titans have been backs that are really effective out in the passing situations, get out of the backfield, guys that are open in space there. Uh, so for me, that would mean a guy like, for example, Yeldon or Singletary would be a good matchup versus the Titans. Gore's only had five targets in four games, so that's uh, not really strength. Though as early in his career, he was very active in the passing game, not so much now. Now, Gore's been impressive, but he's kind of touchdown dependent for the most part. Um, with Singletary most likely back, um, he's going to lose touches. And so for me, I see him as a running back three this week. Now, that could change if we find out that Singletary misses another week. Then obviously that will upgrade Gore. But at this point, I would probably sit him with Singletary back. Uh, Friday, Singletary is limited in practice. We expect that he's going to be back, making Yeldon a sit. So Yeldon's going to go back to a guy that you're going to say. You would only play Yeldon if Singletary is out. And you would only play him as a flex position in large PPR leagues. Now, I would sit Singletary in standard leagues until we see exactly what his usage is going to be and to make sure he's fully recovered. But if he does play, I would actually would consider starting him in PPR leagues as a flex or running back two in large leagues. And by, say, large, that'd be teams uh, over 14 teams in size. Uh, John Brown versus the Titans, allowing the seven fewest points to wide receivers. Uh, versus a good Patriots defense, he had five catches for 69 yards, but it took 11 targets. Not very efficient there. Um, he's a wide receiver for this week. I would lean towards sitting him. Now it's Cole Beasley, uh, 23 targets in two weeks, and he's had 15 catches. Last week we said start him as a flex, um, expected between 12 to 14 targets as Allen checks the ball down quite a bit. Well, he got 13 targets right in the middle, so I think we kind of nailed that. We know I see a similar plan this week versus the Titans. I think I'm going to check the ball down a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of targets there. So I would start Cole Beasley um, in PPR leagues as a wide receiver three or a flex play. As far as tight ends go, you got Dawson Knox. Plays the Titans to get up the fifth most points at tight ends. Last week, Austin Hooper is huge, 11 catches, 130 yards. Knox has shown good promise and upside last few weeks. I think he's worth a start if you don't have an upper echelon tight end. So, I mean, if you don't have one of those five or six guys, then he's a guy that you could definitely go with. Uh, Steven Hauschka, I would sit. Too many question marks with that offense. As far as Bills versus the Titans go, I would go um, with the Bills defense. That Titans offense had allowed 17 sacks for his three weeks, so I would start the Bills defense. As far as the Titans go, Marcus Mariota, um, he's really having a solid season. He's doing exactly what they need to do at this point. Looks pretty good, but he's playing the Bills to give up the 
second fewest points to quarterbacks. And we saw what they did to Brady, uh, sit Marcus Mariota. I think the Titans are going to try to run the ball a lot in this one. Just go ahead and sit him. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Uh, four touchdowns in four weeks. That's good. He's getting the bulk of the carries. That's good. But his yards per carry is starting to dip. It looks like he's regressing like he did kind of early in his career there. But he's still the clear lead back, and that's huge. Opportunities have to battle on fantasy, right? That Bills defense is tough against the run. Um, they're vulnerable to backs that are active in passing situations. That's not Henry's strength. So I would start him, but as a low-end running back, too. Uh, Dion Lewis um, could be a sleeper playing this one. Um, his skill set is ideal to match up versus the Bills defense, but he carries too much risk with the fact that his touches at this point are just not consistent. He's not getting enough targets, not enough carries, so I would sit him. As far as wide receivers go, you got Corey Davis. Um, he's improving from that week one where he laid an egg. But versus a build defense, allowing the 10th fewest points to wide receivers. He's a wide receiver of four. He's going to face that, you know, face a great cornerback White there, and uh, most likely get shut down. So just stay away from him. You got AJ Brown. AJ Brown, I like him. He's young. He's talented, but you need to sit him in this matchup also. You got Delaney Walker. So the Bills allow the second fewest points to tight ends. After good week one, um, Walker's been trending downwards. Just hasn't quite been getting the targets. The numbers aren't there. But here's another here's another situation where, you know, do you have some better than Delaney Walker? Maybe you do, but you probably don't. Um, if you can afford to sit Delaney Walker, I would, but make sure you have a viable, decent tight end option. And don't just sit him because the matchup is not good and then just grab some random guy off the waiver wire. Make sure it's a viable option because he still does have upside. I would sit Santos and I would start the Titans defense versus the Bills allowing the second most points to quarterbacks. All right, we got the Bears versus the Raiders. We'll start off with the Bears and just get this out of the way. Mitchell Trubisky and MRI revealed dislocated shoulder and slight labrum tear. Safe to say he won't be playing this week, so uh, Chase Daniels will be the quarterback. He was a good game manager and an easy win against the Vikings, but the fantasy numbers weren't there. you got to sit this guy. I don't have any faith in him. David Montgomery, I'm calling it right now. I feel like this is going to be David Montgomery's breakout game. He had a career-high 26 touches last week, and you know what? I think that's going to start to turn into touchdowns, and I think this is going to be the week. Um, he has just 2.5 yards per carry last week against the Vikings, but Trubisky was out. It was against a good Vikings defense, who and they were up. The Vikings were playing a lot of run because Mitchell Trubisky was out. It was very obvious they were going to run the ball. They were going to ground and pound, and so he just had a tough day simply because it was just so obvious what they were doing, and yet the Vikings were unable to win that game anyways. But I think this is going to be a much easier matchup against a worse defense. I think David Montgomery could have a very good day. Uh, Tariq Cohen is a guy you got to sit. He a lot of his value, he hasn't, doesn't have a lot of value, but a lot of his value that he does have, almost all of it, comes from his ability as a PPR, as a receiving running back. A lot of that value is now lost with Mitchell Trubisky out, so I think you got to sit Tariq Cohen for sure. Allen Robinson. I think you have to start this guy as a wide receiver three. He's consistent on his targets and on his catches. He's yet to find a, the end zone yet this year. He hasn't scored a touchdown, uh, but the Raiders give up the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And with Taylor Gabriel, who has a concussion and did not play last week, is also questionable for this week, he becomes the clear-cut, hands-down target in the passing game. And that volume alone, I think, means you have to play this guy um, unless you have better options. But I don't know what your top three wideouts are going to be that are going to be better than that. Uh, sit tight end Trey Burton and start Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker man. 32 fancy points in the last three weeks. He looks really good. I wish the Vikings had a kicker like him. Bears defense, you got to start them. They have 52 fantasy points in four weeks and 38 fantasy points over the last two weeks. So the Bears defense is definitely a must start. Uh, Derek Carr, I think you guys sit this guy. He has been very average, pedestrian, par, mediocre. I don't know another word to say that, but that's really what he's been all year long. Combine that with a tough matchup against the Bears. He is a sit this week. Josh Jacobs is another running back in this game that I actually kind of like, and I'm not huge on him. I think I make him a running back two, mid to low, or a flex play. It is a tough matchup, but I think they're going to lean on him. And his numbers haven't been fantastic this year, but due to game script, um, they've been worsened. And so I think with Mitchell Trubisky out, this being a low-scoring affair, the Raiders are going to run the ball a lot. I think this could be a breakout game for him, just like David Montgomery. In week one, he had two touchdowns, 24 fantasy points. Against the Broncos' defense, that's a good run, D. Week two, they got blown out against Kansas City. He only had 12 carries, yet he still had 99 rushing yards. Week three, blown out in Minnesota. He only had 10 carries. That is why he didn't have a huge fantasy day there. And then last week, he had 17 carries. Um, and two receptions for a total of 108 yards. So I think this could finally be the week in a low-scoring affair when they just feed him the ball carry after carry. This could be a good game for him, um, but I would definitely look at that. Um, Tyrell Williams, 
Uh, this guy was four touchdowns in four games, despite the fact that the Raiders scored just 16 points, then just 19 points, then just 14 points, and then 24 points. This guy's finding the end zone no matter how badly the Raiders offense plays. you got to start this guy even in a tough matchup. In PPR leagues, a must-start at tight end is Darren Waller. A lot of people don't know this. He is on pace for 148 targets, 132 catches, 1,300 yards, and 280 fantasy points on the year. I don't think he's going to quite finish with those numbers, but it, there's no arguing you got to start this guy. I would sit kicker Daniel Carlson, and I would definitely sit the Raiders' defense, and that rounds out this matchup. So, Rob, you're up for the next game. Buccaneers versus Saints. Start with the Bucs. Uh, Jameis Winston. You know, I want to steal one from Eminem here. Will the real James Winston please stand up? Like, he, he's, he's terrible, he's great, he's terrible, he's great. What is he? Uh, he's both. Um, honestly, we've been saying that for a while. No, he's a gunslinger. And the thing about a gunslinger, they take chances, they make bad throws at times, but he's also got a lot of talent too. And mm -hmm. we see that come out. Now he plays the Saints, allowed the third most points to quarterbacks. He's thrown over 300 passing yards the last two games, over seven touchdown passes to one interception. you got to start him. He's got great weapons, so I would go ahead and start him in this matchup for sure. Uh, running backs, Peyton Barber. New Orleans allows the six fewest points to backs. His 3.4 yards per carry means that's the third consecutive season after his rookie season. His yards per carry have dropped. He's been greatly outplayed by Jones. I would sit Barber. Then there's Ronald Jones, which I actually like Ronald Jones. I just don't know if I like him in this matchup. He's drastically outplayed Barber. He's become the team's lead back, or he's becoming the team's lead back. I think by the end of the year, he'll be their clear-cut guy there. But he's kind of touchdown dependent. Now, he's gotten better in passing situations, but that's not a strength of his. So this week, I would say sit him. Um, he falls into the RB3 category. As far as wide receivers, you got Chris Godwin and Evans. Um, statistically, these two are going to end the year as the best one-two combination as far as wide receivers go. I believe they're going to be the best one statistically over any other wide receiver group out there. Um, I don't know. if Can you think of anybody that pops up? Used to be no. Diggs, Thielen, and they're struggling right now. I mean, I think these two are going to statistically lead all wide receivers as far as those two. Versus the Saints on the seventh most points to wide receiver, so that's a great matchup. I would start both of these guys as wide receiver ones. It's really hard to tell from week to week which wide receiver is going to be better, but they're both wide receiver ones in this matchup. The only concern I have for them is that Drew Brees is not playing. Since he's not quarterbacking, that's going to lower the over-under. It can mean less throws for Winston because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to put up the points that Drew Brees did, obviously. As far as tight ends go, you got Brayton Howard. Uh, the ones promising Howard splitting targets with Bray to neither are getting enough targets to trust, so you need to sit both. Matt Gay is the fourth kicker in scoring right now, doing a really good job there. I would start him in this matchup. Now, the Bucks defense has improved. Uh, they've been actually scoring some fancy points, but they're playing in New Orleans against a good offensive line that's only allowing two sacks per game. I would sit the Bucks. It's preferred at this point. So as quarterbacks, we've got Teddy Bridgewater versus Tampa Bay allowing these six most points to quarterbacks. Now, he's going to be asked to be a game manager, unlike Breeze, uh, but... Um, this defensive matchup is much easier than what he saw when he faced Dallas there. Um, plus, he's got one more start under his belt. He's going to get more and more comfortable in that offense. I think they're going to see him open it up a little bit, stretch the field in this. So I think he's worth a sleeper play. I would start in deep leagues or two quarterback leagues. But he's not a top 15 quarterback this week. We have him rated in between 18 to 22 quarterback rating based on your scoring system. As far as running backs go, um, Alvin Kamara, I think you're going to have a huge dose of him in this game. He's going to maybe, you know what, 15 to 17 carries, six or seven targets in the passing game. He started as a low-end running back one. He's not his high-end self without uh, Drew Brees in that offense, but he's still very good. You need to start him every week. doesn't matter who he plays. Then you have Michael Thomas. Tampa Bay allows the fourth most points to wide receivers. Now, his targets and catches um, have stayed relatively similar with uh, Teddy at quarterback, but his yards and touchdowns are just much lower there because they're throwing shorter, high-percentage throws with less risk. Um, so you're going to start him still as a wide receiver one, um, but he's a low-end wide receiver one versus obviously when Breeze is there, this guy's a top five start every week. Um, I would sit the rest of the wide receivers until Breeze comes back. Jared Cook, um, a preseason favorite of many owners. That hasn't translated into success, uh, especially with Breeze out. I would sit in the meantime. Uh, Will Lutz has benefited from that offense stalling in the red zone now that Breeze isn't there, and that's a good thing. Three times he had double-digit points scored. He's a great start. And then the Saints defense versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay allows the six most points to quarterbacks. Uh, they've scored 11 of 14 points defensively, the Saints have. Um, Winston still makes bad decisions, and he still will from time to time. So I think you need to start the Saints defense in this one. All right, Vikings versus Giants. This is a real prove-it match for both teams that need to win this game and, and remind the NFL that they, they've got a really good chance this year. We'll start off with the Vikings. You have to sit this guy. Kirk Cousins at quarterback is averaging less than a touchdown a game. That's an obvious sit, and I think that everyone knows that. Man, he has been a disappointment. Um, but we're going to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum here with Dalvin Cook, who's a must-start. He's got five touchdowns in four weeks. The production, you can't argue with the production, has been elite. Move on now to the wide receivers, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. 
this is so confusing because they're so talented, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins. So here's what I'm going to say on it. Uh, Adam Thielen, you have to start him. This year, he's really seemingly been the number one wide receiver, really clear cut ahead of Stefan Diggs. Um, there have been years past where like last year, Stefan Diggs had over a thousand yards. He looked great. And there was certainly some questions as to who was the better wideout. This year, it seems to be Adam Thielen. The Giants do give up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I think he'll capitalize in this game. Thielen does. Stefan Diggs, if you're looking for a plug-and-play, if you're trying to get through a week, I think you could play Stefan Diggs this week. I don't have huge expectations for him, but he has caught 10 of his last 10 targets. He has caught all of his last 10 targets over the last two weeks. That is very good numbers for him. Far from great, but who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins does throw two touchdowns this week, and maybe they each get one. Uh, far from a guarantee, but Giants defense is bad. Move on now to the tight ends, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. You're going to sit both those guys. Um, and Dan Bailey, you're going to sit him. But I think you got to start the Vikings defense. 11 sacks and six turnovers against an inexperienced Daniel Jones could be a very, very good week for that defense. Move on now. Flip sides to the Giants. You're going to sit Daniel Jones playing a good defense. That uh, definitely has to make him nervous. It's going to be a tough week. Uh, the Vikings have a good run defense, but I still think unless you somehow have Dalvin Cook and David Johnson or two very good running backs, I think you have to play Wayne Gallman. I don't imagine most people are going to have a better running back than the guy who scored 29.8 fantasy points last week. So, yeah, I think you should play him. And you know what? Sterling Shepard has 47 fantasy points in the last two weeks since Daniel Jones took over. I think you have to play Sterling Shepard for sure this week. It will be a tough matchup, but understand that that is not going to be so much of a problem. Um, Cody Latimer and Golden Tate. This is a situation where Golden Tate's coming back. Cody Latimer was the wide receiver too. Some people think it's going to be Golden Tate. Either way, you're going to sit these guys, give it some time to figure out what their roles are in that offense. Evan Ingram. You have to, have to, have to start Evan Ingram. The Vikings defense struggles against tight ends, um, and Ingram has already gone over 100 yards in the touchdown twice this season. I very well think this could be game number three for him. He has been so productive this year. You're going to sit kicker Aldrick Rosas and start the Giants defense as a risky low-end start, but nothing more than that. So basically what I'm saying is if you're in a deep league, 16-team leagues, if you're looking to stream a defense, something like that, you could play them. I don't have a lot of faith in them, but they did have four picks in the touchdown last week. So uh, that's my roundup for that game. So about the Jets versus the Eagles, I'll start with the uh, Jets at this point. Sam Donald, Jets coach Adam Gaze confirms Sam Donald Mono has been cleared for non-contract drills. Um, but unfortunately, uh, he's not quite where they hoped he would be. Uh, they're hoping after buy he'd be able to have some contract drills, but he hasn't yet. He can't throw, resume running, or lifting weights at this point, so he's not as far along as they had hoped. Uh, it's really unfortunate because this week he would have a great matchup versus the Eagles, allowing the fifth most points to quarterbacks. Uh, with that said, that offense for the Jets is struggling. He's missed some time, so even if he does come back, I think he's going to be a little bit rusty there. I think there's too many things working against him to even trust Sam Darnold at this point, so I would sit him and don't even think about starting Luke Falk in this game. Just don't do it. Don't be stupid. Um, Let's look at Le'Veon, or Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he misses the Steelers' offensive line, that offense right now, don't you think? My gosh, he is really struggling there. Yeah. Now, the Eagles, uh, they're solid against the run. They allow the fifth fewest points to running backs. Bell's 2.9 yards per carry is horrible, and that's going to continue this week. I think he's going to struggle running the ball, but 23 targets in three games to 20 catches for 121 receiving yards are excellent. I think that's the role he's going to have all year. Um, the running yards aren't going to be there. The yards per carry aren't going to be there, but he's going to be very active in the passing game. He'll probably finish with 90 to 100 catches this year. I would start as a running back to low-end and standards, but start as a high-end running back to in PPR leagues. Wide receivers Crowder and Anderson. Philadelphia has allowed the most points to wide receivers. There's been five wide receivers in four weeks that have over 100 receiving yards versus them. So if Sam Darnold happens to start, if, if he trends in the right direction this week and he starts, um, these guys are great starts in this one, great sleeper picks, and if you're in daily fantasy, definitely consider these guys. Crowder would be a wide receiver three in PPRs and Anderson a wide receiver three in standards. But if Falk plays sit those guys don't even take the chance uh herndon love herndon i think he's gonna be a great tight end option for a number of you down the line it's his first game back we really need to see what he does before you trust him i would sit both kicker and defense for the jets in this one let's get carson wentz um quietly he's been good not a lot of talk about carson wentz but he's got nine touchdown passes only two interceptions and he's ninth in quarterback scoring right now averaging 22 points per game playing the jets that allow the 12 fewest points to quarterbacks but that's really due to them blow, being blown out twice and other teams not needing to throw the ball much against them. I would start him as a very solid play, and it might benefit this week. You could get to Sean Jackson back. That's a huge boost for him. As far as running backs, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Jets allow the 11th most points to running backs. Now, I think the positive in this game is that the Eagles should be able to run the ball early and often. I think they're going to lead big. They're going to blow out the Jets in this one. They can stay committed to that run. 
The downside is this is looking off like, like a running back by committee. Howard and Sanders are both playing very well, but they devalue each other. Um, you almost need one of them to get hurt or something. Not that I ever want a player to get hurt, but that would help quite a bit to clear up this muddy situation. Now, I prefer the two back, Sanders. His yards per carry and rushing yards have went up every game since he started the season, and he's a better three-down back. I would start Howard and Sanders as a, a uh, running back to low-end play. He's been getting the goal line carries. Of course, as you know, in standard leagues, touchdowns are king, right? Um, he's got four touchdowns in two games. I would say in PPR leagues as a running back three. Miles Sanders, I would start in PPR leagues as a flex, um, and I would maybe sit him in standards at this point. As far as wide receivers go, Nelson Aguilar, last week we said, if everybody sits, if Jackson sits and Alshon Jeffrey sits, then you start him. But we said, if Jeffrey starts, sit Aguilar. We hope you listen to that advice because he was bad last week. Aguilar got zero points, um, and that was because Jeffrey played. He's got no value unless Jackson and Jeffrey are both out in this one. Just remember that. Alshon Jeffrey versus the Jets along the third most points to wide receiver. Great matchup. Now, in two games, he's plays at two touchdowns. His yards aren't great, but he's a very solid wide receiver, too, in this matchup. you got to play him. Sean Jackson, I would really avoid uh, him at this point. Once again, it could be a good matchup. He could come back. But I want to see that he's 100%. And I also am concerned about the fact this could be a blowout and they run the ball a lot. So I would sit to Sean Jackson until he's back and healthy. As far as Zach Ertz goes, um, he's too good to sit. His number's actually down from last year. We actually predicted that in our preseason videos. If we talked about it, we looked at his targets and some things, said his numbers would be down. But he's still putting up solid numbers, and he's too good. you got to play him. Jake Elliott need to start. And then Eagles defense, I would start them versus the Jets along the third most points to defenses. Now, the Eagles defense hasn't been good this year, but I think this is the game that they're great to stream. Uh, they're going to put up good points against that Jets. So go ahead and play them. All right, guys, I've got the Ravens versus the Steelers now. Lamar Jackson... Uh, nothing more than an average quarterback play. Uh, you could play another quarterback this week. I might look for a better matchup play, but don't do anything too fancy. Lamar Jackson's really come back down to earth recently with three touchdowns and two interceptions over the last two weeks. I don't see the Steelers putting up a lot of points on that defense, so I don't see him needing to throw the ball too much. Um, on the other hand, they're probably going to run the ball a lot. Mark Ingram is a must-start with five touchdowns in four games. As far as wide receivers go, the only guy to even consider is Marquez Brown, and yet every single game this season he has had less and less receiving yards, and in the last two weeks he has caught just six of his 16 targets. That makes him nothing more than a very low wide receiver three. Uh, this guy has seriously struggled lately. Uh, funny, he had such a great week one. The hype was really high on him, but since then it's seemingly been downhill. I don't know if that will turn around, but I don't think that this will be the week if it does. Mark Andrews is a must start. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. That is ridiculous for a tight end. And you know what? Let's save ourselves some time. The Ravens' defense is in a great matchup. Start them. And Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the NFL. Yeah, you're going to start him as well. We flip on over to the other side, the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph actually has six passing touchdowns in three games. That's two touchdowns a game. Not that bad. However, this is a very tough defense for him, and I don't think that that is going to continue. He's been far from an amazing quarterback, but the touchdowns have been there for some reason. So, again, I don't think that you should play him. James Conner is in a good matchup, but he is marked as questionable and struggling with an ankle injury, which is constantly being evaluated at this point. I will update that more for you guys in our Friday video. Yeah, what's funny about that is he came out today questionable. He, I saw him get hurt in the game yesterday. He left. I, I have him in a couple leagues, so I was panicking. But he comes back into the game and looked great. So I thought, okay, he's fine, but now he's questionable again, so who knows? He's just doing it as an excuse to mispractice. To mispractice. <laughs> exactly. He's but going on dates and stuff. Yeah. Um, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, he didn't have a phenomenal game. He had just 10 carries for 42 yards, but he caught all eight of his targets for 83 receiving yards. Uh, first of all, he's not known as a receiving running back, so it's a real surprise to see him do that, especially in a game where they won 27-3 to over the Bengals. That was a very weird, and maybe that's a good sign. Maybe it's showing that he is starting to be a great receiving running back. Who knows? I'm not sure I'm going to go to the extent of thinking he's going to get eight catches this week, but I do like him, and I do think you have to play him this week. On the other side, we see Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver, and people were disappointed in him. Three catches for 27 yards. People are starting to get concerned, but they just won 27-3. to You think they were throwing the ball a lot? You think he was getting lots of targets? He wasn't. So let's take that game out. We're going to remove that game from his stats, and the other three games he's played this year, what has Schuster done? In those other three games, he's on pace for 91 catches, 1,300 yards, and five touchdowns. I think he is a low wide receiver to play this week against Baltimore's good defense. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Deontay Johnson, 
Uh, this is an interesting situation because he's starting to play well. He has 12 targets, 9 catches, 129 yards, and 2 touchdowns in just the last two games. And last week, he caught all six of his targets, so he's really improving. He's actually averaging 13 yards per catch. However, I'm going to start him as a low wide receiver three, or I'm not going to start him at all, and I'll tell you why. When you look at this guy, he's not known for having great hands, and he's not known for being a great route runner. He's known for being fast. This guy's a deep ball threat. He's a bit of a speedster, and that's what he does best. Against a good defense that is well coached by John Harbaugh, they're not just going to let him run a fly route and catch a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be quite that easy this week. I still think for people looking to stream quarterbacks and looking for a high upside risky start, he fits that role very well, but I don't expect huge things from him. And I don't normally talk about this, but there is a 75% chance to rain in that game. If it does rain, that does make me a little bit more nervous against a good defense. Um, again, I don't talk about the weather too much, but I wanted to throw that in there for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just in a weird mood. Um, tight ends Vance McDonald and Nick Bennett, I would sit both of them. Chris Boswell, um, the best two games of his career have come with Mason Rudolph under center, so I would start him in this matchup. I think that solid Ravens red zone defense is going to hold them to a lot of field goals, and I would sit the Steelers defense. Feels like I took forever on this game, but that rounds up Ravens versus Steelers. Let's talk about the Redskins versus the Patriots. Start with Tom Brady. So he's going to rebound this week. Now, last week, here's where we came out and said, we said he has a tough matchup versus the Bills. But we said you probably got to start this guy because he's good, and you probably don't have a better option than Tom Brady. Well, he faced the Bills, and he struggled, but he won't struggle this week. Okay, the Redskins are not the Bills defensively. In fact, they allowed the eighth-most points to quarterbacks. They've allowed three touchdown passes in the first three games against quarterbacks they faced. Now, last week, they only gave one to Daniel Jones because it was a blowout. 24-3, to they crushed him. Uh, this defense is not good. Brady's going to have a huge game in this one. you got to play him. Uh, running backs, James White. Averaging 5.3 catches per game. That projects out to 85 catches per season. That's really nothing new for him. That's his bread and butter. That's just what he does all the time. Uh, you need to start him as a running back two in PPRs. Now, due to what I think is going to become a blowout um, in the second half, and you'll see a lot of Sonny Michel and Rex Burkett, I would sit him in standard leagues. As far as Sonny Michel goes, uh, he doesn't see a lot of passes in, the, in this offense. In fact, he had zero last game, so I would sit him in PPR leagues. But in standards, should be a blowout, and I think he's going to get uh, 15 to 17 carries and a touchdown on this one. So start Shoney Michelle as a running back two in standards. Uh, Rex Burkhead, um, with James White back, his usage is really too unpredictable even to trust at this point. Though I do think in this game he's going to get a lot of usage, um, but you just can't trust it. And so as long as uh, White and Sonny Michelle play, I won't trust Rich, Rich at all in this one here. So. And then you got Julian Edelman. Um, he gobbles up targets. Talk about the wide receivers. Now, um, his yards are usually lower, but he has wide receiver three, uh, wide receiver three appeal in this one. Um, I would say in standards, I would say I would sit him unless you're in a league that's 12 teams or larger. Uh, Josh Gordon. Skins allow the second most points to wide receivers. Uh, Josh Gordon's been mediocre this year. I think it's disappointed a lot of people, especially after Antonio Brown left. I think they thought, okay, good boost back for Gordon. It just hasn't been there. Let's see Josh Norman. Now, Josh Norman is not the shutdown corner that he was years ago, and Josh Gordon is too good to sit in this one. Um, but with three good wide receivers there, you got James White, a killer defense. What I'm assuming is going to become a blowout versus either Haskins or McCoy. Um, he's a low-end wide receiver three start. And then you have Philip Dorsett. I think you can see a lot of late action, you know, a, a, a lot of action late in this game. Uh, the concern that I have is that could happen too, or uh, later in the game, the Patriots could be running the ball, controlling the clock, not pressing the ball downfield. And so he's got a lot of upside, but he's got a low floor. So for me, Philip Dorsett is a wide receiver four. I would sit all tight ends here, start Goskowski. And you got to start the Patriots defense. They are crushing it. They're averaging 21.3 fantasy points per game. Second to that is San Francisco at 13.67. I mean, they're absolutely killing it uh, defensively. They're going to have another huge day. San Francisco had a bye week last week. I imagine that number is going to go up. Uh, they've played equal amount of games. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Redskins, okay? Uh, let's just consider this before we get into anything. The Patriots have allowed one defense, or I'm sorry, one um, touchdown. Uh, to an offense. To an offense this year, right? Just one. Okay. Now the one game against the Jets, 14 points, but that happened against their offense, not their defense there. So just one touchdown they've allowed all year. They're allowing 6.8 points per game this year. If we go back to week eight of last year, that defense is allowing under 10 points per game. This is not a fluke. You can say, well, they've had a, a weak schedule. They have. I'll give them credit. But it goes all the way back to last year. This defense is really, really good. Now that offense for Washington is going to be led by either Haskins, who looked really bad against a bad Giants defense. Let's remember that Giants defense was bad, and he looked terrible. Or Colt McCoy, who's a journeyman. This offense is going to stall early and often sit everybody for Washington except for two players that you may want to consider. And that would be Chris Thompson 
they're going to be playing from behind off, and I think uh, the pressure is going to be coming fast and often. They're going to be allowed to check downs to Chris Thompson in that one. They'll be plentiful. He's got 20 receptions of four games, averaging 63 receiving yards per game. So start as a running back three or flex in PPR leagues. And then the other guy that I actually like, I think this guy is a stud, as Terry McLaurin. Now, he sat last week because of an injury, so you need to monitor that. But if he does play, um, this guy's got lights out talent. I think he's got all pro talent. He's really good. They're going to be playing from behind. He could see 12 to 13 targets, maybe a line of five catches for 75 yards, maybe a token touchdown, probably not. Uh, but still, five for 75 is not bad as a wide receiver three. But once again, stay away from the rest of the Redskins. All right, so we got Jaguars versus Panthers. Uh, we'll start off with the Jaguars, I guess. And uh, Gardner Minshew, he's an impressive young quarterback. Uh, Looks really good. I love the mania around him. In fact, if you buy Jaguars tickets, did you know they'll give you a bandana and a mustache for free? I don't know why, but they just love that guy. He's fun to watch. But I think you should sit him. This is a tough Panthers defense. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit, but I think this is a sit this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette coming off a monster 245 yards last week. And a lot of people don't know this. He's on pace for 1,600 rushing yards, just shy of 500 receiving yards. He's on pace for over... 2,000 total yards. He's having a monster year. I think you have to play him. I don't think he's going to have 245 yards again. Let me clarify. This is a tough matchup against the Panthers, but I doubt you have a better option than Leonard Fournette, who, by the way, as we've been saying a lot lately, really getting some added fantasy value by his ability to work in the passing game this year. Another player I like on that offense is DJ Chark. Three out of four games this year have been great fantasy performances for him. And I know this is a tough defense, but I think if there is really any weakness to their defense, it's probably their cornerback one. It's probably that wide receivers can have a pretty good day against them. And the ball's got to go somewhere. He is hands down the number one wideout. I like DJ Chark in this matchup. I think you should sit all Jaguars tight ends. I think you should start their uh, kicker, Josh Lambeau. I think this could be a good matchup for him. And the Jaguars defense, not a great start, but a good start against Kyle Allen. So I would probably start the Jags defense this week. Flip sides now to the Panthers, and Kyle Allen is a sit. Definitely a sit. Could very well be a low-scoring affair. You're going to start Christian McCaffrey. Did you know that three times this year he has gone over at least 32.8 fantasy points? Three times this year. One game he had like 44 fantasy points. He's been an absolute monster. DJ Moore is a wide receiver too this week against the Jags, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And if you're desperate, Curtis Samuel comes in as a wide receiver three, but nothing more. Greg Olson is a fair tight end play this week. If you have a better option, play him. But if you don't have an option, you can definitely settle with him. You got to start Joey Sly, currently the best kicker in the NFL. He is lighting it up. And the Panthers defense have allowed just 15 points per game over the last two games. They also have 14 sacks over the last two games and four turnovers. That defense has been insane. I would play them this week against the Jaguars. Talk about the Falcons versus the Texans this one. Start with Deshaun Watson. Now, apparently, every other game he plays well. Week one, he played well. Week two, not. Week three, yes. Week four, bad. But he's going to continue that trend this week. He's going to rebound, have a big game versus the Falcons, or allowing the 10th most points to quarterbacks. And that number would actually be worse. Uh, but in week one, they didn't give up a lot of points to quarterbacks because they faced Kirk Cousins, who only threw the ball 10 times because it was a blowout. I see Watson to Hopkins all day long. Start as a top five quarterback play this week. He's going to be huge. Talk about Carlos Hyde. So in three to four, three of four games that he has played, he's looked really strong running the ball. Last week he had a four catch. I think that bodes well for him. Hopefully he'll continue expanding his role in the passing game there. Now if you look at who they've played, the Falcons have allowed two backs to break 100 yards, Cook and Henry. Now I think he's going to clock in about 80 yards receiving, or I should say 80 yards rushing this week, maybe two catches there. I think he's got uh, higher value standards um, and lower value in PPR leagues. I would say he's a low end running back two in standard leagues. I would sit him in PPR leagues until we see that role in the passing game expand. Duke Johnson uh, in this one. A lot of guys liked him early in the year. Right now, he's just not getting the touches to warrant playing. you got to sit him. As far as wide receivers go, you got DeAndre Hopkins. He has started slow. I know that's disappointing a lot of Hopkins owners, but don't worry about it. This is the week that he breaks out. Falcons are giving up a lot of points to wide receivers. In fact, they've given up seven touchdowns to wide receivers um, to four, for wide receivers in the first four games they face. Getting the end of the video here, just struggling through this one. Anyways, uh, when I look at this game here, I think Hopkins is going to get uh, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Very likely for him. you got to start him. He's a wide receiver one. He's a stud. Don't get cute with it. Don't look back. Don't say his struggles. Don't sit this guy. If you do, you're going to regret it. you got to play him. As far as Will Fuller goes, 
Um, he had a once great connection with Watson. Something's happened there. They've lost that connection. But I think he could get it back this game. One, great matchup. Two, Kenny Still sounds like he could miss the game. If so, I think Fuller would be a sleeper play as a low-end wide receiver value. Now, if Stills plays, um, I wouldn't play any of the wide receivers there because they're not just getting enough targets between them to trust any one of those guys. I would sit their tight ends. I would start Fairbairn. Fairbairn, I always get that one all mixed up. And as far as the Texans' defense go, they picked up pressure the last three games. They're playing better. Now, what I've noticed, the Falcons, if they fall behind, the Atlanta Falcons have fallen behind those games, right? They become one-dimensional. In the games that they've fallen behind, those two games, they've allowed nine sacks. So um, I think this is a solid start for the Texans, not a great start, but you could definitely play them. Let's look at Matt Ryan. Uh, his fantasy value has been aided by a poor running game and a bad defense. He's had to throw off, and in fact, he's averaging 331 passing yards per game. Texans are allowing third most points to quarterbacks. Start Ryan as a top-five quarterback play. As far as running backs go, you got Devonta Freeman. Texas got the eighth most points to running backs. Now, his production first two weeks were bad. He's picked it up recently. In fact, he's increased the last two games. He's averaging 98 total yards per game. That's good. Now, his yards per carry are down, but in PPR leagues, he's got 17 catches, 133 yards. So I think he's got more solid value in PPR leagues. He's a running back to uh, matchup in PPR league scoring. He's a lower end play in standards. As far as wide receivers, Julio Jones, the Texans allowed the eighth most points to wide receiver. Julio Jones, you need to start him every week. Doesn't matter who he's playing. Start him as a wide receiver one. What about Sanua Ridley? Calvin Ridley, like, where do we go there? So Calvin Ridley had two good weeks to start the season, but now he's kind of dropped off a little bit in production. Then last week, uh, Mohamed Sanua goes out there and he has 12 targets. But before that, he'd averaged 6.3 targets in the first three games. I think it's more normative what you can expect. Last week, they're way behind that throw ball quite a bit there. Sanua could have wide receiver three value, but here's my concern. Okay, one, I think Ridley is more talented. I think he's got a higher ceiling as far as talent goes. They got a Hooper, Freeman, Jones seeing targets. So he's got a very dangerous floor. I'm not a gambler, so I don't want to take that chance with him. I'm going to avoid him. I'm going to say he's a wide receiver floor. I just won't take that shot. Unless something happens that kind of clears up the usage there. Maybe an injury or let's say Calvin Ridley were to sit out a game, then maybe you'd use him. I see Ridley rebounding this week in this matchup as a wide receiver three. Go ahead and start him in that role. As far as tight ends go, you got Austin Hooper. He's become a reliable weekly option to start there at tight end. Now he's got a tougher matchup. The Texans allow the third fewest points to tight ends, but uh, you got to start. I think he's going to have moderate production, um, but who else are you going to play out there? Probably nobody else. Go ahead and play him. Matt Bryan should be uh, solid. Now, Matt Bryan's a good kicker who hasn't had a great year because they've fallen behind. It's eliminated field goals. But I think this week I think you should play him. I would sit Atlanta's defense in this one. All right, so we got the Broncos versus the Chargers, and I think uh, we should start off with the Broncos and Joe Flacco. Seems like a pretty obvious sit to me. We come now to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman at running back. This is a situation that I'm going to tend to avoid, and, and I'll say sit them if you can. And what I'm going to kind of use is my one per video. I try to not to use it too much, but I would say if you're considering starting them, uh, drop a comment down below and ask. Let us know about your running back situation, the different guys that you have, um, because I'm not going to get into it a lot, but we just don't know which one of these guys is going to perform as they're really splitting carries and touches right now, and it makes me very uncomfortable. They're almost dead even in receiving yards rushing yards so it's a situation that i would tend to avoid especially against the chargers giving up the ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs i think amara i think emmanuel sanders and Cortland sutton are both wide receivers that you should start this week they're going to need to play well if the broncos are going to keep up with that chargers offense that has been so effective putting up so many points i'd say emmanuel sanders is a wide receiver two Cortland sutton a wide receiver three Broncos tight ends and defense and kicker I would sit all three of them just to save ourselves some time on the other side Philip Rivers is a must start is averaging over 300 yards a game that much seems pretty obvious and Austin Eckler now Melvin Gordon is back this he's going to be playing this week but I think that Melvin Gordon is a guy you should avoid sitting he's going to be rusty and we don't know what his role is going to look like Austin Eckler is second in fantasy points this year among running backs and fifth among all uh, positions because a lot of quarterbacks find themselves high in fantasy points. Denver gives up the seventh most points to running backs. I think you have to start Austin Eckler. Uh, again, Rob, I don't know if you have any objections to this, but the Melvin Gordon thing, it's going to be some serious rust against players who have been really getting into the heart of the season and are playing at peak right now. I think you have to avoid that situation. Yeah, I'll go back to a couple years ago when uh, Le'Veon Bell, sit, uh, he missed the preseason. He did show up for week one. He played in the first two weeks, but after missing all the preseason stuff like that, he was rusty, and his yards per carry were at 3.2 for the first two weeks. He finally picked it up. It takes a while getting in game shape. I don't care how much time you spend in the gym. There's a difference when you're actually out there uh, getting physical, taking hits, things like that. So, yeah, he could come on surprise all of us, but it would be nice if we could have one game just to see what he's going to do. 
Oh, we got Keenan Allen. You got to start this guy. He is first among all wide receivers for fantasy points. That's absolutely a must start. Mike Williams, he didn't play last week and he is marked as questionable for this week. We're going to update you guys on the on our Friday video what's going on there with him. Of course, his fantasy, his fantasy value completely changes based on his health, so I will say nothing more. Uh, the Chargers tight ends, you got to sit them. Chargers kickers, they got an interesting situation. They've got Michael Badgley and Nick Rose. Looks like Nick Rose is questionable. Badgley hasn't kicked this year, but I think he's active and might play, whatever it might be. It's an interesting situation. I'd sit both of those guys, and I would sit the Chargers defense. Let's talk about the Cowboys versus the Packers. Start with Dak Prescott. He hit a bump in the road versus the Saints. He was looking great, and he struggled last week. Now he faces the Packers, who after facing, you know, the Packers defense had looked good. We also have to consider who they had faced. Uh, the first three weeks, they're good, but they faced quarterbacks Trubinsky, Cousins, and Flacco. Not very good quarterbacks there. Um, they showed some weaknesses last week. They allowed three touchdown passes to a depleted uh, and banged up Eagles wide receivers and Carson Wentz. Now, I do think Dak Prescott's going to rebound. I think he's a solid play. I think you need to start him this week there uh, against the Packers defense. Ezekiel Elliott, he is matchup proof. It doesn't matter who they play. You restart regardless. The Packers allowing the third most points to running backs. Dalvin Cook, Phil Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Jordan Howard, and Miles Sanders ran all over them for a total of 457 yards at 5.51 yards per carry. How do I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to do against those guys? He's going to have a good day. He's probably going to see 30 carries in this game, so you got to play him. Wide receivers, uh, Amari Cooper versus Green Bay. Green Bay allows the fewest points to wide receivers, but Cooper's had four touchdowns in four weeks. He's Dallas's clear wide receiver one, Dak's favorite target, and uh, even though this is a tough matchup, you got to play him. I would just say that instead of being a wide receiver one this week, he's a wide receiver two start. Michael Gallup is not ruled out. We suspect that he's not going to play in this one. Um, if he does happen to start, he'd be a wide receiver three. We do like him, uh, but I suspect he's going to miss one more game. Why would you risk him coming back early and re-injuring that? As far as tight ends go, Jason Witten is a touchdown-dependent tight end. I would sit unless standard leagues that are very large. I would start Brett Mayer. And as far as Dallas goes, playing Aaron Rodgers allows the fifth-fewest points to defenses. I would sit the Dallas defense this week. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, so... Um, after having three tough matchups against good defenses, which they were leading, he didn't need to throw much. Uh, he finally faced a weaker defense, um, and he exposed him. He had a huge game. And there was actually a lot of owners out there who were entertaining sitting him. And we went out there and hope took our advice. We said, you got to play this guy. I hope you did. He had a good week. Now, what's going to hurt him this week, probably the biggest thing, is missing Adams. We assume Adams is going to miss this game. That's going to hurt his value. But in the Cowboys, who are allowing the fifth fewest points to quarterbacks, that number sounds daunting. Um, allowing the fifth fewest points to quarterbacks. But consider, here's the quarterbacks that Dallas has faced. Bridgewater, Josh Rosen, Case Keenum, and Eli Manning. So it's really hard to judge just how good that pass defense is going to be. This is going to be the first real you know, real test for that pass defense there of Dallas. I would start Rodgers, but he's not a high-end top five start like we said last week. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, uh, we assume Jamal Williams is going to miss this week after a scary injury and being hospitalized. Jones has got four touchdowns in three weeks. Um, his value is threatened by the coach's talk of a timeshare there, but with him being the bell cow now that Williams is going to be out for a while, he's a very solid running back, too, in this game. you got to play him. As far as wide receivers go, Devontae Adams appears he's going to miss the game with turf toe. If by chance he plays, then he's a must-start play him. So then who becomes the go-to guy if Adams is out? You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Allison. Well, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is really way ahead in terms of targets go there, so we assume he's going to become the wide receiver one with Adams gone, meaning he would be a mid-range wide receiver two start in fantasy. And Allison, if Adams misses times, would be a wide receiver three start. Now, Dallas allows the fifth fewest points to wide receivers, but once again, they haven't faced good quarterbacks or good wide receivers in this one, so this is going to be the first real test for them. As far as tight ends go, Jimmy Graham, Dallas allows the ninth most points at tight ends. Last game, he had six catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. With Adams out, Williams out, I think you'll see an increase in targets. I'm not a big Jimmy fan, but I think this week you should start him. Crosby's had back-to-back -back weeks with double-digit points. He's a good start at kicker. And Packers defense, they had three good weeks, right? But they were against some bad offenses uh, and quarterbacks um, that weren't very good. They were a popular streaming option. Then last week, they put up minus one point, um, I think, on the road versus Dallas. With them running with Ezekiel Elliott quite a bit, I would sit the Packers' defense. Right, Colts versus Chiefs. And why not start with the Colts? Jacoby Brissett is a start this week in a great matchup. He's been pretty good this year as far as touchdown go. It's funny he's not throwing the ball a lot, but he's finding the end zone, and that's what counts. Marlon Mack, uh, he struggled a bit last week, but he played banged up, so I think you got to start this guy. Even in this matchup, even if they score a lot of points, I don't know how many people are going to have better backs than Marlon Mack. He's been very productive this year. T.Y. Hilton, he is questionable, so we will update you on Friday. What's up with his health? He did not play last week. That completely depends on his health, and this is going to be one of those things where you're going to have to make the game-time decision. 
I'm not going to make any projections as to what's going on there. Paris Campbell started as a wide receiver three, is 11 targets and eight catches in the last two weeks. It helps him if T.Y. Hilton plays. T.Y. Hilton's out, he draws attention from the number one corner. That makes me a lot more nervous. But then again, he gets more targets. It's a situation where he's the young wide receiver there. Um, I think he's going to develop in a very good wide receiver, but I want to give it time. I don't think that he's yet, uh, he's got a lot of developing and polishing that needs to be done. Zach Pascal is their wide receiver three. If T.Y. Hilton misses, Zach Pascal becomes a wide receiver three play. He's got 125 yards and a touchdown in the last two games. And in a shootout like this, that could certainly be a good play. But what really, and the person who really benefits most from if T.Y. Hilton's out is those tight ends. And that's what I really, um, I think we need to be sitting on waiting for. And that's Eric Ebron. He's got two touchdowns in the last three games. That trend will continue if T.Y. Hilton is out. If T.Y. Hilton plays, I still think that he's a fair tight end start. Not great, but a fair tight end start. Adam Vanateri at kicker, you should sit him and you should sit the Colts defense. Come now to the obvious Pat Mahomes start, so let's not even waste any time with that. LaShawn McCoy is a start. He's got back-to-back -back solid weeks with scores, proving that he can handle the role as the number one running back. Damian Williams was inactive last week. Uh, we'll update you on Friday. Friday, he is questionable right now. Again, I don't want to make any predictions and then have to change my mind on Friday, so we'll let you know that's one of those things that we simply need to wait and see whether or not he's practicing Wednesday and Thursday. Go now to the... Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams situation. These guys are both absolutely worth bench spots on the rosters. These guys have talent. I don't know if you should start them. Darrell Williams had two touchdowns last week, but he had eight carries for 13 yards and off of 1.6 yards per carry. Do you really trust that guy? I don't trust that guy. I'm going to avoid, or I'm going to at least give you the advice to avoid starting this guy. I know some people are going to ignore me, but again, at 1.6 yards per carry, I have a hard time putting that guy in my lineup despite the touchdowns. We saw earlier in the year a running back who had two touchdowns, Malcolm Brown. And what happened a few weeks later? He wasn't doing so good the next week. And so I think it's one of those things where every once in a while, things happen to work out. You find the end zone. But I don't think it's a safe pick. I don't think you can trust that. In fact, John Kuhn a couple years ago had three touchdowns in the game. People went crazy on the waiver wire. And then I think he had one touchdown the rest of the year. So, yeah, I got to look at the, uh, the game within the game. You got to look at those stat lines. So. So we'll come down to the wide receivers. Tyreek Hill still out. Sammy Watkins becomes or still is the number one wide receiver. He's a must start. So now the question is Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. Um, I lean towards a low wide receiver three and Demarcus Robinson. I would sit McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman had just two catches for nine yards last week. That about sums up how he's been. I feel vindicated. Because we got so much <laughs> hatred from some of you people out there about Hartman. Yeah, he's got talent. Yes, he's fast. Yes, he plays in great offense. But like we said, you can't trust him. And, you know, people said, no, this guy's going to take off. Last week is what we tried to warn against. Yeah. A little bit better than McCall Hardman is Demarcus Robinson. He proved that with Hill out, he is the wide receiver, too. He had four catches for 35 yards. Far from a great play, especially against the Colts. Colts are a good team, but they're not going to put up loads of points against you. I would probably try to look for some better options. If you're desperate, you could play him. But at the wide receiver position, there's a lot of talent. I would imagine most of you guys can go out there and plug and play with a solid matchup at a better option this week. Travis Kelsey is an obvious must start. And so is kicker Harrison Butker. I'll tell you what, most people don't even bother with kickers. So you probably just left him in your lineup and wonder why we even mentioned it. But he's been a good kicker this year. And I would sit the Chiefs defense. So that's my roundout for this Colts-Chiefs game. Now to our last game, Browns versus 49ers. I'll start, and you're going to take a team. I'll take a team. All right. I'll start with Baker Mayfield. I'll look at the Browns. Uh, Baker has struggled. Four touchdown passes, six interceptions this year. Uh, now he's facing the underrated San Francisco defense. He's allowing the 10th fewest points to quarterbacks. Sit until he recaptures his rookie form there. He's just not worth taking a chance there. Uh, Nick Chubb, too good to, to sit. This guy is great. Start as a running back one. Um, right now he's fourth in running back scoring, averaging 23 points per game. He's so good. We talked about in the offseason. The metrics that he had last year were amazing. you got to play this guy. Um, Odell Beckham disappointed a lot of people. Actually cost me a game. He was brutal last week. Now you can see Richard Sherman there. But this guy's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. You cannot sit an Odell Beckham. You just can't do it. I don't care. Uh, he's a weekly must-start. You have Jarvis Landry. So after disappointing for about a year, he had a huge game last week. He goes off for eight catches, 167 yards. And now he's in concussion protocol, so you're going to have to watch that. We'll give you news on Friday whether or not he's going to play there. If he does play, I think weeks like last week are going to become more common with Odell Beckham now getting a lot of attention from defenses. Um, if he does play, I would say he started as a wide receiver three. There's Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, he's got upside. He's worth a roster stash. 
but his 2.5 targets sent David Njoku went down. Um, he needs more volume before you can trust him. And he's playing San Francisco along the 10th fewest points at tight end sit him. I would start Austin Siebert, the kicker, and I would start the Browns defense that's played well the last three games. All right, thanks for that breakdown. I'll take the 49ers now. Uh, Jimmy G, Garoppolo, you got to sit this guy. Two out of his three games this year have just been disappointing, and that's really that. I think the Browns' defense is far from elite, but they're a little bit underrated. They've played better the last few games. They just they were awful week one against the Titans, but every week they've really made some improvements, so that's a sit there at quarterback. Matt Breida, he's in a running back by committee system. He hasn't scored a touchdown all year, really. He's just, he's struggled. And I think that's a situation you want to avoid, especially because Tevin Coleman is questionable, but maybe coming back this week. You've also got Raheem Mostart. That whole backfield is a mess. If you can avoid it, please avoid it if you can. Wide receiver Debo Samuel is a low wide receiver three play. He's been far from phenomenal, but um, as the top wide receiver there in San Francisco, he holds some value, if only for that reason. And so he's a guy to consider. George Kittle, he, he's had a semi-slow start to the year, but he's been far from brutal. He's just been maybe not as elite as he was last year. He's a guy you got to start. You're going to sit kicker Robbie Gold and the 49ers defense. Start them in deep leagues only, but I would, again, tend to avoid that if you can. So leave uh, comments on the bottom. We try to answer them. It's getting harder and harder. We get really busy. One thing that we will promise you, though, uh, once we do try to get there and answer questions, it doesn't always happen because we've got work that we do other than this. Um, we go to our Patreon. Yeah. And so uh, is there anything that we missed? Once again, look for our Friday's video. Um, like, subscribe, share. Uh, getting excited. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for being part of this, uh, I guess you call our community here. Yeah, thank you.